Good morning and welcome back. This is Brad Furlan, your host on Vermont Viewpoint here at WDEV in Waterbury, Vermont. We just had a really exciting conversation with uh, two uh, Vermont State troopers who were involved in a heroic rescue of of a, a young girl in Cambridge. And uh, the planets aligned. They were... Uh, the trooper was five minutes away from the event in, in, uh, an area of hundreds of miles of roads that they typically cover. And the other trooper was, you know, another five minutes away as well. And, uh, this, this trooper, Michelle Archer, uh, drops her, her waist belt, runs into the water, starts swimming for the girl, brings the girl back in frozen icy water and saves the girl's life. It was just, it was a miracle. And, uh, you know, this, this is the type of thing that the Vermont State Police do every day in very heroic ways. And, uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have them. It was great to have them as guests. In our second segment this morning, we have equally exciting things to talk about and people. Uh, my um, guest in studio, Taryn Noel, who is um, an actor, a musician, a dancer. Um, I don't know. So many, so many things to say. I want to. Uh, welcome you, Taryn, to uh, Vermont Viewpoint. Hi, Brad. It's so good to be here again. Thank you so much for having me. And we're hoping to get um, uh, John Galemore. Um, he is he's driving in Vermont, and if you uh, know the old saying, "Can you hear me now?" Well, that's <laughs> he's he's somewhere up in the kingdom. So yep. hopefully uh, he, he'll get a little bit of a signal and and can call in and join. And we're we're here. We're talk about a lot of things, Taryn, but um, you, you and John have produced a new single. Is that right? Yes, we did. Um, it's a cover of the song, You Are the Reason by Callum Scott. And I had intended to release it around Christmas time, but best laid plans of mice and men. Um, (laughs) then I was like, oh, maybe New Year's and it still didn't roll out. But, um, just a few days ago last week, we put it out there and, um, yeah, John is one of my dearest new friends and collaborators. And I've been a fan of his for my whole life, basically. And, um, we worked with Mary Rowell as the producer and the engineer and, um, had some great other musicians playing on it. And yeah, we just put it out last week. So. Yeah. There's sort of this whole lot of family stuff going on, isn't there in the music world in Vermont? <laughs> That's so true, right? Yeah. The Rowell family um, alone is just, is an incredible bevy of musicians and artists. And, um, Mary has this incredible legacy, both in Vermont and, and in New York and, um, worldwide. She's toured, toured the world. So there's a million songs in the world. Uh, <laughs> and you, you hit, you are the reason where, how did that happen? Um, I have loved that tune for a while, and last year I was working on a production of Charlotte's Web um, at Stowe Middle School, and I was the choreographer, and I did the sound design, and um, for a pivotal scene at the end of the play when Charlotte and Wilbur are having their goodbye, I found a beautiful instrumental version of that tune, and it underscored the scene, and it was it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. The actors were incredible, but the the sound really sort of augmented everything, and it really stayed with me. And then this past summer, I was a guest vocalist at a church in Barrie, and that was one of the tunes we did for, for worship in the morning. And I just, it really 
resonated. I was like, oh, this is, there's something about this song. I feel like I need to do something with it. So I reached out to John and Mary and my dear friend Joe Davidian in New York, now a Vermonter, but who's in the city, and, and collaborated and we put it together. So, yeah. So let's um, go back in life a little bit. You 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 have done a lot, and uh, you obviously have a gift in very many ways. Um, when how, how did that begin? When did you start having your soul say to yourself, you know, hey, this is my destiny? Um, I I feel like. Probably very young when I was maybe six, I, like many kids do, I, you know, I danced around the house a lot. And I remember asking my parents when they would have dinner parties, like, oh, can I do a little thing, you know, like as kids do, can I do a little show? And so I think movement was where I always started, which is interesting for me. And I, I do a lot of, um, my work in, the, in central Vermont and in the state is, is as a choreographer, but that's sort of where I started. And then I got into, you know, gymnastics and then and rhythmic gymnastics in Canada was a really big deal, um, which is where, if I didn't say that, that's where I'm from. I'm from Toronto. And so that's that's all on the floor. That's like with ribbon, hoop, ball, clubs. And I did that competitively, and it was so scary, Brad. I was like, Mom and Dad, please don't make me compete. But it taught me a lot. It gave me a lot of fortitude, and I had to kind of face that fear and push through it, um, which I think is a great lesson that I keep on learning that. Um, so yeah, started in kind of the movement world and then I moved to Vermont with my family for middle school. So I went to Stowe middle school and Stowe high school and did theater there. I think it really was my mom's encouragement. She's like, Hey, you should try out for the middle school play. And, um, I think my first show ever was Oklahoma and I was dream Lori the, in the ballet and also I think doubled as a cow, cowboy, cowgirl. <laughs> and then uh, just sort of really fell into theater. And I kind of, as they say, I got the bug and was really um, in love with it and uh, went to school for it. Um, for a while, right out of high school, I went to the Hart School of Music. And then it, I just felt like the wrong time and wrong place. So I put a pause on that. I didn't, didn't stay at Hart and came back to Vermont and just worked and did more theater. And then in my early 20s, I went to New York and went to theater school there, a great program called the Circle in the Square Theater School in Manhattan. And I honestly, Brad, I use my incredible, like, bevy of tools. They, like, stay with me all the time. And I, um, some of my great teachers, I feel like they're angels on my shoulder. And when I'm in, when I'm acting in a show, even still today, like, I carry all that with me. It's incredible. No, Toronto is very cultural, right? And- oh, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. <coughs> it's, um, as people will probably say, it's very friendly. Um, I still have family in Toronto, so I get I, even at Christmas time I was back there visiting, and um, my sister, my youngest sister, lives there, and she is an incredible musician herself and singer, and she's in a few different bands. And uh, she said, she said, all I want is one night with my sister out on the town, so I can show you my, you know, my stomping grounds, which was so fun. I got to meet her friends, and she does a lot of um, sort of singer songwriter. Um, sort of sessions at different clubs and venues. So we got to kind of um, check out her world, which was really fun. Yeah. So your parents, were they, did you say they were an influence on all this? I mean, you've really taken it to a high level, both you and your sister. Um, Yeah, no, I absolutely, my mom was very musical. My dad played guitar when he was younger as well. I feel like, yeah, my mom definitely was encouraging of, of the arts. And I think that's sort of, 
I really literally think it was her idea that she's like, I think you should audition for this play. I was like, oh, okay. So kind of give her credit. <laughs> I'm, I'm reminded, I don't think my parents let me come out of my bedroom when they were entertaining guests. <laughs> so oh. maybe that's why I don't have any kind of a career. Oh, no, you certainly do. You're amazing on the air. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, so we're uh, talking about uh, a new release uh, with Tara Noel. We might be hearing um, from John Gris or Gilmore. I hope I hope that we do. And uh, so the new release. What? How do you go about that? Uh, went into a recording studio with a whole group of musicians, or? Um, well, it's a funny story. <laughs> Um, we up in the Northeast Kingdom, as, as John is traveling up there today, um, this past winter, or it's still winter, what am I saying, this past December, I felt like we lost power a lot, probably many parts of the state did, we, we certainly know that, and um, my hope is that no one is without power right now, I know it's still very cold out there, so prayers for everybody um, to stay warm. But yeah, in a series of power outages, we had a bit of a rotating cavalcade to find a home because we were actually going to record in a house. So we went to Mary's, Mary Rowell's house and um, then she lost power. We went back to Dave Rowell, my partner's house and no power there. And then he has a a property up the hill that he's renovated that's uh, in their family, uh, family home. So we went up there and there was power. So we recorded there in a living room and um, it was really fun. And then um, kind of did uh, patch patch vocals and fixes back at Mary's and Joey, uh, my dear friend, Joe Davidian recorded his piano part in New York and he sent it over. And, um, Dave's daughter, Annie Rowell, who's a wonderful musician here in Vermont, plays many instruments and is a great singer, but she played cello on it. Mary played violin and viola. So everyone kind of did their own part in their own zone. Um, it was just funny. We were chasing power the day we tried to record. So it was pretty, and Oh, here's another thing. Poor John, if he calls, I'm sure he'll tell you this. We couldn't have the heat on because it made a lot of noise. Oh, no. So we kept turning it off and then blasting it for little bouts of warmth. But John was uh, was shivering, to say so the least. You are the reason in a cold climate. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I want to return to what you were saying. You, you um, COVID brought about this whole new world for musicians and really in a bad way in, in some respects during COVID – you guys were shut out of, of venues. There was there was no place to do your arts and and all of that. Right. No, for sure. I think on the positive side, um, I think we were just talking about this that I feel like so many musicians worldwide in that time span learned how to self record and self produce in a really um, in a really organic way. They just had the time, right, and had space to learn new skills and. Um, I know certainly so- something as simple as like editing music in GarageBand. I didn't really do that before, and I was like, oh, well, I can just teach myself how to do that now. So, and making little movies and iMovie, things I just didn't do before that time period, but had the time, and as opposed to like paying someone to do it or, hey, can I buy you dinner if you do this sound edit for me? No, I can do it myself now. So, <laughs> had to learn. But yeah, no, I think a lot of musicians worldwide really uh, learned how to self produce, self record. Pretty cool. And the technology allowed for that as well. Is that I right? I think so, absolutely. I think things are so user-friendly now that um, if people are engineers and also musicians, that they can get equipment um, that's fairly 
from what I understand, is, is, is fairly accessible and not hard to learn, and they can do it from their living room or from their frigid uh, house as they're chasing heat to, to record a song yeah. like we did for ours. So I um, had the pleasure of uh, seeing you and, and, and several other musicians in Stowe this winter for, for a concert. That's right. And it was a um, wonderful show. Uh-huh. And and also you you had a real diverse group of talent there. It yeah. it sounded to me like you you were mixing a whole lot of different things um, and and making it work together. Did it feel that way to you? Or? For sure, I think that um, you know John Gilmore is such a icon in the state and um, and beyond the state. Um, for his solo work, for his original compositions and his just incredible humor and, and uh, musicianship and um, just all around entertainer. And so he, you know, has that all like all built into what he does. And I had reached out a couple of years ago and said, you know, would you ever consider collaborating? And I think he was a little surprised, like why I got my own thing. But I was like, I just love what you do so much and love to do a couple duets with you. And so we just talked about it for a while. And then the four of us got together, Don Shavener, the wonderful guitar player. And Don's also a wonderful singer. Um, And Dave Rowell, um, wonderful bass player and singer who plays in multiple combos and bands in the state. Um, And, and the wonderful John. So yeah, we just got together and, kind of made a song list of things that we thought would be fun and interesting. And um, as you saw, just a combination, you know, theater tunes, show tunes, Great American Songbook, jazz standards, John's originals, a little Motown, a little uh, a little Western swing, a little country. So a little bit of everything. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. Oh, thanks a lot. And um, Dave Rowell, I, you know, I really grew an appreciation for the bass yeah. um, in that it – it's kind of like the instrument that's over there, but it, it holds a lot together, doesn't oh, it? Oh, 100%. Um, John and Dave and I also played a set for First Night North um, as a part of St. John's Berry's New Year's Eve celebration. And John did his own set, too, which was amazing. And But Dave and um, John and I just did a little trio. And there were a couple of songs that Dave was our accompanist Um tunes that John wasn't playing guitar on. We just sang with bass, which is honestly so cool and so fun sometimes to change it up and just do a song with, with bass as the accompanying instrument. Pretty fun. It is amazing. It's so simple, but it's yeah, so... But it's, yeah, it gives you what you need. It gives you your root chords and your... Um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty fun. And emotion. A, yeah. A bass has this emotion of its own. Yeah. Um, of course, it helps that somebody's playing it. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> Who knows true. what they're doing? That's true. So I want to go to the phone lines because, ladies and gentlemen, we have online John Gilmore. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Brad. I'm driving through Mars as we speak on my way to Canaan. Yes. Uh, if there's green cheese and monsters, uh, let us know. And we'll, <laughs> we, we had the Vermont State Troopers on earlier. They'll try to come and help you if you need it. <laughs> Oh man, this is, uh, and my, my GPS is drunk, I think. Uh, <laughs> so, John, singer, songwriter, performer, educator, optimist, uh, you got a lot of accolades around your name and you've been doing this a long time in Vermont. T- tell us a little bit about the, the genesis, the soul part of you that brought you into music. Oh, man, um, you don't have enough time, but um, in 1971, I hitchhiked through 14 countries of Europe, uh, 
and um, met a um, high school or college friend, and we uh, bought a couple cheap guitars in Paris and hitched through the French Alps to Cannes, France. We started singing in cafes, and I, uh, and for tourists, and I just found it was a revelation. I just had never been so happy in my life entertaining people. And we made enough money to stay in hotels and eat all our meals. And I just said, you mean you can be this happy and get paid? <laughs> and uh, so that was the beginning. That's that's remarkable. And you were singing whatever song. And these weren't French no. love tunes. These were whatever your no, repertoire no, no. was. <laughs> we were singing uh, mostly covers uh, that tourists wanted to hear and uh, – and it was just a, an amazing moment for me because I was—I had tried certain things that were expected of me, and but were not really who I was. And uh, then I found it at that moment. So we're talking 1971. Amazing. And you're a songwriter as well, is that right? So I hear. Y- yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so what is? Uh, yeah. I've had um, a number of musicians on over over the last year, and. We talk about um, songwriting as sort of the a journal of our own self emotion sometimes, and and what we're going through. Is that does that have a ring of truth for you? Oh uh, yeah, totally. I um, there's a, every time I have a conversation with somebody, uh, or most of the time they tell me, uh, "Hey, you ought to write a song about that," and um, so my usual response is, well, you write it, I'll sing it. But <laughs> there are um, a lot of moments when um, I'll be thinking about something or I'll hear something on the news or I'll just be reminiscing to myself about my life, and uh, there's a song. And what about the the social aspect of, of that as well? Is it is it is it a teaching moment as well? Well, um, you know, life is every day is a teaching moment for me. When I'm with kids, I mean, I do spend quite a bit of time with kids, and they teach me every every second I'm with them. Um, and that's one of the lessons I learned over the years. I mean, I actually thought I wanted to be an elementary school teacher for a while, and I went to uh, I taught during the day in the in the suburbs, I'm not in the suburbs, in the South Philadelphia, and um, I went to um, Temple University grad school at night in elementary ed, and I realized very quickly that you can't learn you can't learn how to teach from taking courses, and um, that you don't learn how to teach until you're teaching. And the kids teach me every moment I'm with them. Well, we're going to get into that a little bit in the in the second um, segment of of this show today. We are talking with uh, Taryn Noel and John Gelmore, um, musicians who are separately have done a lot of amazing things, but also have collaborated. Um, John, I was mentioning the show I saw in Stowe uh, this this December, which was so exciting. The the multitude of talents that you had on the stage and. Uh, the camaraderie you have with Tara and I thought, you know, we not only the music, but it was a, a full-flown uh, 
ending with with a, a Oklahoma tune, I think, and <laughs> it was great. Uh, so appreciate all of that, John. I want to go back to you on a couple of things. One, the during COVID, and, and Taryn and I were talking a little bit about you know the hardships of COVID on musicians. You uh, you took the lemons, you know, I hate to use the cliche, and you you turned it into lemonade um, on a daily basis, really. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, let me say two things before I start. One is, if if you lose me, it's only because I've um, I've exited the Earth's orbit, um, <laughs> and, and I've run out of service. Yep, and. So, Anyway, I apologize in advance if that happens. The other thing is, um, it's one of the great honors of my life to make music with Taryn and with Don Shabner and with Dave Rowell. I mean, these are world-class musicians. Uh, and I, I've been a soloist for over 50 years, so I haven't worked with a lot of different with people very often at all. And this is just... Man, I've died and gone to heaven when I'm on stage with them. It's just, I'm in awe, and I have to remind myself that I'm part of this. And I just, because I want to just watch them and listen. And so, <laughs> um, anyway, that's that's about that's all I'll say about that. But um, during COVID, I was stripped of my passion, and there were no audiences. Schools were closed. I um, wasn't sure what to do, and I realized I need to make music and sing to somebody. So I decided that I would uh, post a song every day, sing a song, not not post one, but just sing it um, onto my Facebook page. So I did actually 406 songs during COVID, and every day I put a new one on there started with my originals and went to songs I had grown up singing and always wanted to sing. Whoop. You maybe that Vermont moment <laughs> where you, I was going to ask you if you went into wardrobe and makeup, but, uh, uh, looks like we, Johnny, uh, you're still on my board, but I think we lost you. Um, so, listeners, uh, each day John Gilmore would post on Facebook a song. Sometimes he was inside, sometimes he was outside. Uh, always just um, just an amazing, amazing way to handle the adversity of of something that had struck the world. Um, so, Taryn, you got to work with John. What was the what was the beginning of that? What when did you guys connect, and what did you do? Um, well, I, I just want to say one thing about his wardrobe. I think I can speak to that only because I watched a lot of those videos and that we talked, we spoke about it briefly. I think he absolutely had a different look for every video. And he said he's just shot some in his car, like is facing his own face and then did some outdoors. And yeah, he had a different outfit for everyone. So he's quite a little clothes horse, that John Gilmore. <laughs> um, so I have a really fun memory of John. Um, one of my favorite theaters and theater companies in Vermont is Lost Nation Theater in Montpelier. They're a wonderful professional company. I do a lot of work with them. I'm very fortunate to do that. And they're dear friends and 
family to me. Um, a bunch of years ago, I'm going to say like five years ago, I, w- I was a part of a benefit lineup along with George Woodard, the amazing George Woodard, who I, everyone adores George. How can you not? John was also on that bill. And I remember in the green room before the, um, the benefit, he was just talking and he went like this. He went, ah, okay, I'm warmed up. <laughs> that was it. It was hilarious and I have cherished that for forever. And, um, <laughs> so that was sort of my first, like adult version of me meeting him and seeing him again and being exposed to his humor and his incredible talent. And then a few years ago, he actually came to a Christmas Eve service at the Stowe Community Church where I serve as the director of children's ministries and I'm on the music team there for the contemporary service. Um, another home away from home for me. But John was there with his family and I had um, done a children's message and had done some singing and he came over to me after and we were, everyone was in masks at that point, but he said, Hey Taryn, it's John Gilmore. I said, Oh my gosh, John. So we hugged and we reminisced and we just had a little visit and um, it just sort of flagged in my mind. And he's, we, I think we both said in that moment, like, Hey, we should, we should work together. We should do something. And that was a few years ago. And I just, I kept it in the back of my brain. And then I remember like on the 4th of July, listening to him on the radio, they played dirt and I, uh, texted him just to say, oh my gosh, I heard your song and still thinking about doing something. So I just kept kind of being a little, um, uh, a sort of a, a, a greasy wheel that would kept like reaching out to him like, Hey John, what do you think? You want to, you want to have lunch? You want to collaborate? So just eventually we did. And we sat down and we had lunch and we like talked and traded stories. And then, um, I sort of set out to try and find some bookings for us and I got us a couple of gigs and he's like, all right, let's, let's rehearse. Let's get together. So amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask Danny, uh, my producer, do we have time to play the first song before the break? Yeah. Um, so, uh, can you set this up briefly? You are the reason. Yeah. A wonderful pop tune written by Callum Scott, wonderful English, uh, British singer, uh, songwriter and, um, just a beautiful song that I, I love this tune because to me it has a lot of metaphor in it. It really, it can be whatever you want it to be. It could be a song about faith. It could be a song about love. It could be a song about parents and children, partners, um, uh, someone that's maybe passed or someone that's gone, or it could just be, um, a, a, a self, self-talk, self-reflection to, to ourselves. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just think it's, it has multi-layers and it, I just really love that. All right, we're going to listen to You Are the Reason, Tara Noel, and John Gilmore. I need 
Beautiful, beautiful song by Taryn Noel and John Gilmore. How can our listeners find that song if they want to um, pick it up for themselves? Oh, gosh, Brad, thank you so much. Um, that's available on my website, which is www.taryinnoel.com, and it's all spelled out, so T-A-R-Y-N-N-O-E-L-L-E.com. Perfect, and I'm gonna, I'll download it now. I do my monthly uh, full moon hike up Elmore, which I've been doing for the last several years, and that that would be a good song to play as I climb that mountain at oh, least. Oh, wow, that's so cool, Dad. <laughs> it'll get me going, and then it'll, it'll uh, help alleviate the fact that I'm out of shape and tired when I'm climbing that mountain, so <laughs> <laughs> it'll be great. Oh. Uh, so the want to talk um, – we had some observations about John Gilmore off air. He, when he was singing at the December concert, um, and I, I was observing this range. Is, is it, he has a, a tremendous range. Oh is my it, gosh. His vocal range is, is absolutely extraordinary. He uh, has shared that with the Montpelier gospel chorus that he sings with, he sings bass for them. Um, but as you and I both know, he's got high notes to burn. So his range is massive. He can sing anything and, and every genre and in his originals he covers a, a massive territory there too but um as you heard in the in the concert at the church he yeah he just covers covers the waterfront literally is it unusual for a musician to have that extent of a range or i mean that's a good question i i think you know some musicians certainly do have a very big range um vocally but yeah his his is quite extraordinary i think yeah, yeah, and one for the record books. <laughs> obviously, quite a repertoire too. So, oh my gosh, yeah. He probably learned he had range that he didn't even know as he developed these songs. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
So you also, you've worked with Mary Rowell, and I, I was, as I was preparing for the show today, I Googled her a little bit, and uh, she is really quite amazing in a lot of ways, not only locally, but... Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, internationally, she's toured with... Cheryl Crow and and the likes of um you know incredibly world class famous musicians and she is herself of course she was concert master at Radio City Music Hall for 28 years first chair violin um has played in many Broadway pits a few of which I've gotten to see recently at Thanksgiving um we went down to see uh, Some Like It Hot and she was playing um in the pit for that on Broadway which was incredible um and she is a big big part of the Craftsbury Chamber Players, headed up by her sister Fran Rowell in Craftsbury. And they're an institution, a string quartet um, that plays in Craftsbury and all over Vermont in the summers. And they've that's that's been an ongoing um, superstardom uh, combo for many, many years. That That is a Rowell family tradition. Their family started that. And so she um, plays both violin and viola for them and plays for so many other uh, groups and combos. She, she's a teacher. She teaches at Middlebury. She has private students all over, and she still plays in New York a, a ton. Um, so she's definitely world-class, that one. So how did that come about? There, This is a Craftsbury family? and It so- is, yeah. They're the Rowell family, and um, all of them are musicians. Not all of them do that for their living, but Fran and Mary do. That That is their life's work. Fran's an incredible cellist. Um, she plays with the New Jersey Symphony and um, is, is is the director, is the, is the founder, and um, heads up the Craftsbury Chamber Players, which is literally just an institution of chamber music in, 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 in the summers in Vermont. And was there a, uh, like, parental influence? Somebody's got to put a violin in a little girl's That's arms, right. right? Yes, their parents were very, very supportive and instrumental and encouraging in, in, in playing, um, all of them learning string instruments, and a lot of them also play piano. And, yeah, it's definitely a, a family affair. So speaking of which, here you are, a Toronto girl. <laughs> you end up in the Northeast Kingdom. The planets align I mean, how how do you explain this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know, as I feel just very lucky. Um, I love being up in the NEK, as as we say. It's it feels like home. It's uh, as I've gotten older, kind of a more country existence just feels so right. I just I love all the space and the air. It's so beautiful up there and um, just quieter. Yeah, it's just it's 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 an inspiring environment for sure. But I, so I feel very blessed to be up there. Um, but I'm very grateful for my Toronto roots, and I was just visiting my sister um, in Canada in December, and it's it's wonderful to go back and and seeing my my father still lives there, which is amazing. So I have an aunt in Montreal, so I get the metropolitan, cosmopolitan flair, and then we you know get trips to New York to see some friends and see theater and um, see my old stomping grounds from when I was living in the city myself. So kind of the best of all worlds. <laughs> yeah, quite remarkable. We're talking with Taryn Noel. <laughs> John Gilmore uh, joined us. They have a, <clears throat> excuse me, a new release out called You Are the Reason. Um, is this the beginning of, or sort of continuing something? Can we expect more of this? Are you going to collaborate with, with John on other songs? Or? Oh, gosh. Well, thank you. Um Absolutely. Uh, we are in the, in the phase of like planning our next rehearsals and, um, hoping to book some more shows this year. Um, you know, he's just, he's become 
such a dear friend. I, I would dare say like one of my best friends, honestly. He's just an incredible human being with so much love. And he, he pours that love on everyone that he's with, his audiences, his family, his friends. And and he's just, his talent is astonishing. So yeah, we have, we really have a wonderful collaboration going. And I, I think he and I, I, I don't want to speak for John, but I think from what he's told me, he's really game to continue. So I think we, we will keep, keep on keeping on and, um, can't wait to add some more tunes to our repertoire and keep, keep sharing it and keep learning, keep growing. And so you, you have all these sort of, um, dance, um, musicals, uh, singing, um, multi-talented. What, what's your butterfly moment? What's, what, what just hits the top for you? Oh my gosh. I love that question. Um, it's really funny to think about it. I, I kind of have to say all of them because if I took one of them away, I would be lesser for it. Um, if I wasn't able to teach and learn from my incredible students, I, I, I would, you know, I feel like I would stop learning. Like John said, he learns from the children he works with so massively. I do all the time. They all have brilliant ideas and they're so open and earnest and hungry for the arts. And, um, I'm very new to songwriting, but dabbling a little bit, I, I, you know, I have so much to learn, but it's, it's, it's really fun. And I'm a terrible piano player, but I, I, I still try anyway, um, but yeah, choreography, you know, directing theater, um, acting in, in theater contracts, it's all, it's all such an, uh, a platform for learning for me. It, it just kind of keeps on fueling the fire of like learning, maybe reminding myself of lessons already learned, but, um, either, either way I look at it, it's an opportunity to keep deep, like diving in deeper to the work and learning more about the genre or the craft or the medium. And yeah, sorry to say, I think my answer is all of them. No, it's it's good. Now you're a craftsberry person now. Is there New York ambition for you as well? Would you, could you see yourself on Broadway? Oh my gosh, you're so funny. No, I have friends that are on Broadway. Does that count? <laughs> of course it does. No, oh my gosh, no. I'm, I'm a country girl now. I'm so happy to be where I am. And, um, I had my time. I had my stint in the city and I'm like, I'm so grateful for it. I really do use that training and that education all the time. And, um, it's just, it was an incredible gift to be there. I've, it's a pleasure to go to the city and like kind of know how to navigate the city. You know, that's always a thing like how to get from uptown to downtown and, um, t- which train to take. And I remember I had this dawning moment when somebody asked me for directions when I'd been there long enough and I could actually tell them mm. which way, which way was East, which way was West. Like I was like, Oh, okay. I, I, I think I got it. I think I've, I got it. I've yeah. Made it. Yeah. Right. I've made it. I can know, I could give a tourist directions in New York city. Certainly Manhattan is a little intimidating for yeah. us Vermonters. For um, sure. So I, if, when I try to sing, the, even my dogs run from the room in, in <laughs> fear and terror. Oh uh, when you're, uh, we've got about two minutes, but you're dealing with, with kids, students each day. Do you, sometimes does one of the children just open their mouth and, and start singing and you, and your heart just fills? Oh my gosh. Yes. And not just with singing. I mean, it, it th- Luckily, I working in musical theater, um, you know, the, the trifecta, singing, dancing, and acting at its best. Kids 
blow me away all the time. Um, I'm teaching a little class right now for a rural arts collaborative out of Greensboro. I teach in Wolcott and in Craftsbury. And this little five-year-old boy, incredible dancer, just like leaping over buildings. He might as well be. I mean, just the, the talent that um, that children and, and youth performers have inside them is is extraordinary. And I see it all the time. It's it's the best way to learn, <laughs> learn from them. So there's hope for the future? I believe there is, Brad. <laughs> well, uh, talking with Taryn Noel uh, and, and John uh, Gilmore earlier, uh, you can find uh, their their songs, um, both um, Google Google their names, Taryn Noel, John Gilmore, uh, download them for your listening pleasure. And uh, they're around Vermont playing, so look for... Uh, not only their musical events, but a lot of gifted musics, musicians in our state and a lot of great venues around where uh, there's joy, which uh, we certainly want to promote here. And, Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, Taryn, thanks so much for joining me this Brad, morning. Brad, thanks so much for having me. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. This is Brad Furlan, Vermont Viewpoint, WDEV here in Waterbury, Vermont. And I look forward to talking with you all next Monday.